It's Cover 3U, the college football degenerates. We are here on October 8th at approximately 3.51 in the afternoon. And we are about to head into the uh, week seven of the college football year. And uh, we are missing one of our degenerates today. That would be Pat, the Fighting Irish fan. Um, he is off on some work duties. But I do have the uh, Michigan Wolverine fan, Phil, with me. Phil, how are we doing today? Doing well. I'm missing Pat, but uh, at least we have me here. Yeah, well, I tell you, I'd rather miss Pat than, than, than you, my friend. <laughs> Sorry, Pat. <laughs> He's off doing some banker's work. You know, we, Phil and I don't have, like, legitimate jobs where we can uh, – Call it early and, and start something like a podcast at 3.52 in the afternoon. Pat actually has responsibilities, I guess. Real world stuff. Uh, Nobody it, cares about the center across the country <laughs> except like in my own line of work anyway. Um, excuse me. I was just taking a cold swig of a beverage there. I'm, I'm feeling good. The Hokies came out and rebounded and, and turned a corner with their new quarterback, Hendon Hooker. Uh, they showed some life. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, I also had a good week in, in gambling against you guys. Uh, let's kind of cover last week's game. So in week six uh, in wagers, uh, Pat, who's not with us today, he went four and eight. I think that's the worst week he's had since this podcast. He went two and four against you, Phil, and two and four against me. That drops him to an overall record of 39 wins, 35 losses, and two pushes. He is still leading the pack for the season by one win. Uh, Phil, you didn't have a terrible week. You went nine and eight last week, so yeah, above five hundred. I was the ball just bouncing a few different ways. I feel like from being, you know, ten and seven, eleven and six. So I'm pretty happy with the week. I hit on uh, just about all my double plays. That was big, especially that Boston College over Louisville, which you guys were hating on me for. Yeah, yeah, we were giving you uh, some beef about that. Uh, uh, I went to look at those lines, and you took my sheet from me, I see. But that's okay. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> and then, uh, but you're 33 and 40 for the season. Um, so you're still under 500, but you make a step closer to getting that 500 mark. And then uh, I get back on the uh, in the winner's circle here. Uh, I went 10 and 7 last week. Uh, not to toot my own horn, boys, but that's three weeks out of four, the last four that I've come out on top. And that puts me at 36 wins, 33 losses, and two pushes. I am one win away from taking that lead over Pat. So um, I will be your winner last week. Uh, we're having fun. Um, you know what? Uh, it's funny. This this could all be over with, and none of us could make any money when it's all said and done, potentially. Maybe $10 changing hands after all these games. <laughs> but we're having fun doing it. Any games you want to talk about that stood out to you last week? You said you took a couple bad beats. Any of those bad beats? Uh, I, you came in here kind of bitching about some bad beats before we even launched. The, the one I was pissed off most about was that Texas WVU one. The Texas was covering, and then, of course, WVU had a uh, garbage time touchdown, like 42 seconds. Remain. They, they kind of converted a couple of fourth downs. Um, I was just kind of hot about that. I know you got to play till the, the final whistle and give yourself a chance to win no matter what, but I thought Texas had that game covered, and turns out they didn't. Kansas State just keeps treating me wrong. I can tell you that. Ohio State keeps treating me right. Um, besides that, like I said, I don't know a whole lot about the Pac-12. I've never seen them win those games, but I'll keep betting on them either way. <laughs> um, and, and I was happy to take the, uh, the Iowa loss with plus three. Um, just to see that Michigan did win that game. That was a big one for them. Big fourth down stop for the Wolverines there. At the end of the game, uh, 10 to 
3 was the final, correct? Yeah, yeah I mean, it was a boring as shit game. <laughs> <laughs> but not a lot of offense. But, you know, it's, a win's a win. Yeah, it... Uh, I think the... Uh, the Nate Stanley for Iowa had three picks. Um, so Michigan really forced uh, some bad throws, it looked like, and their defense really stepped up in, in a defense that we didn't think existed after the Wisconsin game. Um, yeah, what, I guess Don, Don Brown seemed to scheme it up. The guys played a little bit more with their hair on fire. I think they actually had eight sacks as well. Nate Stanley came into that game not even throwing an interception. Um, so that was it was kind of nice to see. They got an early turnover. Um, but, I, I mean, the scoring was basically done after the first quarter of that game. So the rest of the game kind of sucked to watch. But like I said, it was I kept thinking Michigan might find a way to lose that game. Yeah, it's just baffling to me. You, you, you know, Michigan forces four turnovers total, three of them which were interceptions. And then you hold them to one rushing yard for the entire game after giving up an infinity amount of rushing yards against Wisconsin. So that, you know, Michigan's rebounded nicely. They, they dropped 52 against Rutgers, and then they make a strong defensive statement uh, against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, yeah, that Texas game was interesting. Uh, the Kansas and Oklahoma game was interesting. That game was tied for most of the, the, the game, wasn't it? Until Oklahoma finally just started pulling away. Um, uh, it, took, yeah, it took them a little while to get going. Once they did, they, they kind of hit, hit the uh, gas. Um, but you guys are right. You know, Kansas, they put up some points on them. Um, so, I mean, that, that's going to be kind of interesting to see what happened between Oklahoma and Texas this week. Especially we'll see kind of what type of injuries Texas is still dealing with there in that secondary. Yeah, from a passing uh, perspective in the Oklahoma-Kansas game anyway, from a passing perspective, Kansas's quarterback Carter Stanley actually had a better day throwing the ball than Jalen Hurts. Uh, he went 18-28 to 28 for 230 and three touchdowns, where Jalen Hurts threw an interception uh, and only threw for 228, just a couple yards less. Uh, but, you know... It was an interesting game. I think Kansas is definitely trending in the right direction. Um, the only game I want to talk about, really, is just my Hokies, just because I'm proud of how they responded. They really could have packed it in. Uh, Fuente could have lost that team after that that devastating beat against Duke. But that says a lot about Fuente and his coaching, to get them coming out and ready to play. They go up 28 to nothing to start the game. The, that quarterback for Miami didn't throw an interception all year. He threw three in the first Quarter. quarter, yeah, that was crazy. That's got. That's almost got to be some kind of record. Yeah. Um. So the Hokies went into that game with a turnover margin of plus eight, and they come away with five turnovers in their favor in that game. So they were like minus five, um, in the turnover margin for that game when they really couldn't get the turnover battle swung in their direction all season long. Just a big game for the Hokies. They almost gave up the lead. It was tied 35-35, to 35 and Hendon Hooker, that quarterback change, while I don't think he's a better quarterback overall as far as throwing the ball, I think he's a better quarterback for this system. A lot of them open up the playbook, read options and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, when he actually kind of went off and, and took off and ran, he looked pretty good. He had a little shake to him. Um, he protected the football when he ran for the most part from what I saw. I was protected impressed with that. Sure. So, I mean, he can extend some plays. He gives you that kind of dual threat of being able to run for first downs, moving the chains. So, I mean, I, I, he looks like a no-brainer to me. I mean, yeah. he looks a lot better than, than Ryan Willis as far as for that system and, and just giving them a chance to win football games. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, none of us had wagers on that game last week, but I had to talk about it just because I'm proud of 
the coaching staff. I'm proud of the players to go in there and win that game. Uh, Hinden Hooker had 184 yards passing, three touchdowns, and he rushed for like 70-some yards and a touchdown. And like you said, he took care of the ball. I never saw one pass or one run where the ball was in jeopardy. Like, it was just yeah. impressive. I, He's not out there running like LaShawn McCoy and no. bringing that ball way back. No. Yeah, I, I was really happy. So, I had, I had to hype up my hookies a little bit, man. I, I'm not saying everything is fixed in Blacksburg, but, um, man, that was a big step in the right direction. Yeah, I'm glad they hung on for the one, and I'm glad I didn't see the turnover chain out there a lot getting <laughs> waved around. Yeah, zero turnovers for those assholes. <laughs> I saw it once in the box. When yeah, they, I saw it a couple times in the box. Over the box. They, but that, that bitch stayed in the box for the whole game. They, um, had, they had brass knuckles in that shit. Yeah, I guess they now give out a piece of jewelry for every type of football play you can think of. I think the knuckles are for touchdowns. I thought those were illegal. Yeah, yeah. What do they give? What do they give for the the, the turnovers they give away? Like uh, na- navel piercings? Like belly button <laughs> rings or something? Tattoos. <laughs> No, uh, a nose, nose clips. Yeah, <laughs> I'm an Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, any other, any other games or performances you want to talk about before we uh, head into uh, week seven of the college football year? Penn State, um, you know, that spread was twenty seven and a half. I took Penn State. You took Purdue. And uh, it was like twenty, twenty eight to seven, like for the entire game. From and then the fourth quarter, Penn State added one late, so that was kind of a bad beat for you. But is Penn State going to be able to compete with with Wisconsin and Ohio State? I and think even maybe Wisconsin and Michigan, yeah, for sure. Ohio State, I'm still, I they may be, in my opinion, the number one, number two team in the country. They this is coming from a Michigan around. fan. Yeah, I hate Ohio State. I want to see them lose every week, but every time I watch them, I'm just completely impressed by kind of their all around package. Them being able to run the ball. On Michigan State like that, I don't know what they ran for, but it was in the three hundreds, I think. So I mean, they can kind of do it all. There's not, I don't see any weaknesses. They fly around to the football defense. They can throw the ball. Justin Fields can run the ball. J.K. Dobbins can run the ball. That line's good. They're just going to be tough, in my opinion. I I don't see them faltering. I hope they do, but I don't see it. Yeah, we you know we were talking about how is Ohio State going to respond to a defense like Michigan State because Michigan State has one of the better defenses in the country. And they had three players average over five yards a rush or five yards a carry. They had 323 rushing yards as a team uh, against Michigan State. And then they threw for 206. Um, Justin Fields was 61 of those 323 rushing yards. So, yeah, he's uh, – you're right. Scary. It, it is scary. Iron State's scary because they did it against a really good defense. Michigan State, for like the first quarter, I was like, okay, here's that defense. And then – and then it was irrelevant at that point. Um, and then Pac-12, I don't know what the freak to think in that conference. I don't have a clue. I, I was hype on Washington. They lost. I was hype at Col- on Colorado at one year, one time in the season. I was hype on uh, um, uh, who was the other team? Utah. And they've taken a loss. Who is the best team in Pac-12? Do you know? I don't. I like I said. I struggle with Pac-12. I'm kind of like Arizona State out there myself. Um, I mean, other than Oregon, maybe. Yeah, I mean, Oregon's about the Oregon's only consistent team. Clear, but it just seems a new week and somebody else popping up and, and losing badly or not looking so hot. Yeah, one more game I'll talk about is a beat that I took. I had Oklahoma State 
Well, nobody took action on that, did they? No, nobody wanted I wanted to. Thank God nobody did because Oklahoma State lost after I was high on them in the Big 12. Uh, Chubba Hubbard. Chubba Chuba, I don't know how you say it. He still had 156 yards rushing and three touchdowns. He took a little while to get going, though. Yeah, uh, they ultimately ended up losing to Texas Tech 45-35, to so that will drop them out of the rankings. And Texas Tech did it with their, I think their third-string quarterback, Jet Duffy. That's a sweet name. Sweet name. I mean, with a name like that, you better be able to do something. Yeah, that dude threw for 424 and four touchdowns. And I think he's their either second or third string. I think he's their third string. I bet Jet Duffy gets chicks. Yeah. Jet had a big day for Texas Tech and the Red Raiders. That kind of turned their offense around, kind of like how the Hendon Hooker change did for Virginia Tech. Um, yeah. Uh, Georgia covers against Tennessee. They look legit in the SEC. I think them and um, LSU could compete against Alabama. Auburn, did that loss against Florida surprise you? It did a little bit. I was kind of one of the ones saying, hey, Bo Nix needs to be more consistent, especially uh, I know he's had a lot of road games, but uh, they kind of made him look bad, especially when, uh, what, Will Trax, is that his name? Or Tra- I don't know, Trans- whatever the backup quarterback uh, for Florida yeah, was Yeah, hadn't started a game his whole life. Like, Sam, well, here we go. Like, yeah. You know, but Trask, Kyle Trask. I'll, I'll tell you what, that Florida team, I don't know if they're the most athletic team there is, but they, they are tough. They show some fight. Yeah, um, me and Pat were dogging Florida since week one when they played Miami, how overrated they look. And they win the game against Auburn 24-13. to Kyle Trask comes in there, backup quarterback, throws for 234, two touchdowns, never started a game in his life in high school, um, which kind of makes you wonder how he got recruited to begin with. But he had a good game. And, um, you know... Florida's sitting here at 6-0, and probably cracking into the top five or at some point if they keep this up. So Yeah, I'm gonna, I just want to figure out who the hell he's backing up. We never got to start. Now he's starting. Yeah, starting never started a, a, a game in high school, which is crazy. And um, it, was a, it was a defensive battle to some degree. Um, you know, Auburn only had 145 yards passing, 124 yards rushing. And Bo Nix was silent. Yeah, just, he had three just, picks. Just a quick little update. He was a two-star recruit um, who played backup to Derek King, who is now a wide receiver at Houston. Wow. So I don't know how in the world the, the chips went. Wait, is that out. the – are you sure King wasn't the quarterback? Is he, is he the guy that's sitting out for the season? I thought King was Houston's quarterback. And then he just – he just um, – what was his Oh, he was the quarterback, yeah. Yeah, he was the quarterback. He played well against – um, Washington State and uh, a few weeks into the year I said how good he looked so that kind of makes sense why he was a backup but I also heard rumors that King may be entering a transfer request at some point um, we may be able to confirm that maybe not but well, he, he's the one that went out and redshirted this year right uh, well he I played he, the first right and then he came out and he was like I'm in a redshirt I'll probably stick around at Houston and now he's talking about maybe transfer. He's kind of changing the whole game. But but he looked good again in the Houston, so it's weird that yeah, Houston's like their best player. Anyways, right. didn't mean to go off on a tangent there. And that kind of concludes our, our, our re- recap. I didn't realize that was the same guy. Yeah, so, um, yeah, interesting storyline there with Kyle Trask from Florida and uh, King from Houston. But, um, yeah, so, you know, it was a fun week. Uh, again, I was your winner. I'll say that again. And now we'll head into some week seven games. Let's let, let's talk about a couple of games before we take an intermission. Um, this one's not on the list, 
But Wednesday night, tomorrow night, there's a game. Appalachian State and Louisiana Lafayette. Some, you know, couple no-namers. Well, Appalachian State's known for well, a few yeah, things. Yeah, we know what they're known for. We don't <laughs> But, uh, you know, people are saying one of these two teams could be in a New Year's Six. They could be one of the uh, group of five teams to get into a New Year's Six. And they play Wednesday night, and Appalachian State's only favored by one point. Or, no, I think Louisiana Lafayette's favored by one point. So I went on Bovada and put money in Appalachian State if you want to take Louisiana Lafayette. No? You know, I, I don't see why not. Let's go for it. <laughs> a little bonus action. I, I'm just looking hey. at their schedule, and I respect Appalachian State. But, I mean, the Raging Cajuns, they beat Liberty by three touch, or Yeah, by three touchdowns. I don't know anything about Texas Southern, but it's football in Texas. They beat them by 71 points. They beat Ohio, who's usually a decent little football team. So, I mean, let's, uh, it, it'll be interesting. At least that gives me something to watch. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I went to Bovada and said, why not? This is a good, fun game to watch on a Wednesday night. It's too, uh, you know, Appalachian State's undefeated and beat North Carolina this yeah. year. Uh, they're killing people, too. Both teams look really good for a group of five and for, for how small of a program they are. It should be a good game to watch. So I'm glad you took action on that. Let me confirm that spread, though. Can yeah, you con- we'll confirm that in the break and come back and then change it if need be. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the spread is indeed Louisiana Lafayette by one. All right. Well, so you got that. you got Louisiana Lafayette, and uh, I get an extra point there with App State. So yeah, little bonus game we added before we get into Thursday night. There's a Thursday night game too. Let's get some action every single day starting Wednesday. What do you think, Philip? I like getting action every day, Jameson. <laughs> Sy- Sy- Syracuse, the the underperforming Syracuse Orange. Uh, goes to the NC State Wolfpack, who was expected to make some noise on that side of the ACC, too, with Clemson, and hasn't really, but kind of turning things around. Um, who do you got? Uh, NC State's favored by four and a half. What do you think of that matchup? You know, it's kind of interesting. I guess Syracuse is kind of off my radar coming off that bye week, um, where they kind of turned around against Holy Cross out of all teams. But, um, you know, I I'm... Tempted to go with Syracuse just because they have the bye week. NC State's coming off an ass whooping. Um, but even though they have the bye week as well, I, you know, I don't really know. I guess it's almost a coin flip, but I'll take some points here for the ones I get a field goal and it looks like I'm getting. Yeah, you're getting more than that. Um, yeah, NC State did get their ass kicked against Florida State, 31-13. to Then they had that surprising ass whooping against West Virginia, who is in a big transitional year. And NC State was supposed to be a program that was established this year as far as uh, some experienced players. Their coach has been there for a while, and they've just kind of let down their their fan base here. They're 3-2 and for the year. But I'm going to take the Wolfpack. I like it. So um, I'm glad you did that. I I had that kind of high. I'm not sure why. It's kind of like who you take – out of the two underperforming teams. Both of these teams have really underperformed this year. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure why I'm taking NC State. Um, but, but we'll we see what happens. Pretty much we're keeping the uh, the ball going here as far as trying to bet every night of the week starting tomorrow night. If I can just get my pin to work, we can move on to the next game. And there we go. So that brings us into Friday night, which is... Friday. <laughs> So I may be, I need to, I may be drinking beers every night. (laughs) 
But uh, going to go well for the uh, exercise regiment. Yeah, we were just talking about that. But in a surprising line, the Virginia Cavaliers go to Miami, who just took it to the chin from my Hokies, who haven't really beaten anyone, right? Um, Miami, that is. Right. The 20th-ranked Wahoos of Virginia go to Miami as one-point underdogs to a 2-3 and three Miami team. The only loss UVA's had was ha, has had it was against um, Notre Dame. In fact, ESPN, on their matchup predictor, has Miami winning by a chance of 59.4%. What is going on? This completely <laughs> baffles me. I don't know. Some, somebody or everybody knows something that I don't know. I mean, UVA came out there. They, I mean, they played with Notre Dame, who looks like a very respectable <laughs> football team this year. Uh, Miami hasn't shown me jack shit. <laughs> I don't get it So either. I don't know if everybody's just playing on Miami being pissed off. Being, you know, coming off I, of that loss. I think I have a little bit of insight. And being an ACC guy and having a team, you know, having a dog in a fight in this particular division, this division's up for grabs. Like, it's weird. It's the team in last place in this division is favorite to beat the team that's in first place in this division. It's crazy. But both of these teams have their weaknesses. And I've been saying Virginia Tech is a growing program right now under Bronco Mendenhall, but they have their weaknesses. Their offensive line is awful. And Bryce Perkins, while he's a good quarterback, he's, he's way better than anybody has in Miami on their roster at quarterback. That's, that's true. He's known to fumble the ball. And a lot of that has to do with their weaknesses at the offensive line. But Miami's offensive line is really bad, too. Virginia Tech had like five sacks. And they haven't sacked anybody this year. So both offensive lines are awful. I think what you're going to see is a lot of erratic throws and a lot of quarterback scrambles in this game on both sides of the ball. Um, I'm going to take Miami just because I'm a Hokie fan and I want to root against UVA. And I think UVA or Miami has had the better recruiting classes for like three years straight. You know that'll be double paper. That is one game that uh, Pat Pat only um, pointed out a couple of games for. It looks like about seven that he liked. But he also liked UVA getting the point there. You willing to do that with double paper against Pat? Yeah, I will. Why not? And and look, I, I get it. Like um, Miami, UVA has shown a lot more than Miami as far as being the better team. But Miami, I know for a fact, Miami has the better talent. I know for a fact UVA is probably better coached. Yeah, I like Bronco Mendoza's coach. Um, and I think both of their weaknesses is what makes this game a toss-up. But I'm going to take Miami. I think they're going to come off pissed off at home. They didn't get that turnover chain. I'm going to guarantee you this. UVA turns the ball over twice. Oh, all right. All You'll right. see the turnover chain twice. You didn't see it once against the Hokies. You'll see it at least twice against uh, UVA um, because of that bad offensive line from UVA and because they're going to play with a little bit of chip on their shoulder. We'll see. Friday night under the lights. I think this might be an ass them. I think UVA might be the only respectable team. You're going to hate that I say this. And the Coastal. Maybe Pitt. Sometimes UNC. But, I mean, the only no, team that actually looks like they have any class that at all. That statement doesn't piss me off. I think it's a possibility. Put it this way. This game is going to say one thing or the other. It's going to tell us how good UVA is. Or it's going to tell us um, how much Miami can climb out of this hole they're in with their talent. I, they're, they're, it's a big game for both programs, right? If yeah. Miami loses this, 
they're in the doghouse. If if UVA wants to compete for a division title this year, like they they think they can, they they need to win this game. But we'll we'll move on. I, I'm taking action just because it's an intriguing game, ACC game, and I double hate, pick. I hate the Wahoos. Moving on, Colorado at Oregon. Um, Oregon is favored by twenty and a half. I was big on Colorado at one point. Uh, at one point, but again, the Pac-12 is a mess. Who do you who do you like in this one? Does Pat like anyone in this game? Pat doesn't like anybody in this game. Personally, I don't either. If I had to lay money on it, I would say Colorado is going to cover. Um, but you know, it's one of those Friday night games. It's ten o'clock start for here on the East. I think they'll be amped up in Oregon. I could see them coming out and winning by three touchdowns. So, uh, I mean, if I was going to bet on it, I think I'd have Colorado at least keeping it closer than 21. But I, I'm not going to touch that game personally. Yeah, Colorado's 3-2 uh, and two of the season. Their two losses were to Air Force, 30-23, to 23, after they had two big wins to start the year against Colorado State and Nebraska, and then come to find out Nebraska wasn't that good, and then they lose to Air Force, and then they just lost a, 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 a nail-biter to Arizona, 35-30. to 30. They covered. Uh, did, yeah, they did cover. It was 6.5. I think they lost by 5. Yeah, maybe I should take – I took Colorado in that game. Maybe I should take him again here. I'll wait so you wouldn't have anybody to bet against Anyways, moving on, no action. Uh, Florida State, um, very similar to Miami, a, a program that should be better than what they are. They have the talent to be better at what they are. Their coaching is not there. Uh, and they're, for whatever reason, going through growing pains that they probably shouldn't be going through like Miami's doing right now. They go to big ACC dog Clemson Tigers. Clemson's favored by 27 and a half. You usually like to see Clemson cover. Do they cover 27 against Man, Florida that's, State? Man, that's such a big spread against Florida State. I realize Florida State sucks right now. They're kind of working with the uh, kind of the two-quarterback system almost. And it looks like they're going to work James Blackman and Alex Hornibrook in there. Um, but it's another, this is probably another stay away from me just because, dude, if you went back three or four years and put that spread in, people would be like, that is crazy. Um, Florida State, how far they have fallen to be 27-point dogs yeah. on any given Saturday. They would never have yeah. done that. Yeah, um, that's crazy. So I, I, I'm going to stay away. I could very easily see. I mean, I, don't, I never know what Florida State's going to show up. Talk um, about talent, but... Yeah, it, it's at 3.30 on Saturday at Clemson. They do have talent. Clemson's coming off that scare against UNC. They had a bye week to kind of recover and regroup. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, you were talking about it last week. He he's underperforming compared to last year. He has eight touchdowns but five interceptions. I'm gonna take Florida State to keep it within twenty seven. I can't do it. I gotta <laughs> be smarter. If I'm gonna work more back at five hundred, I gotta be smarter. Fair enough. I've been taking every damn bet this whole podcast. You were erratic last week. You're you're I've been erratic every week, and I'll probably get that way again here after break. Yeah, I think that, and I think the reason that Florida State keeps it within twenty seven is Cam Akers. He'll run the ball enough to get enough first downs to slow the game down just enough, and they have enough talent to get some points. Um, I think Florida State loses by twenty, but that's just my prediction. Pat doesn't like Clemson on that one. No. All right, no action. Uh, oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, does he? Does he? He does like Florida State. No, he likes uh, – I like Florida State. He's with you on that. Okay, he's with me. <laughs> False alarm. Far- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he likes Florida State too. But it's going to be close. I-, I still think Clemson's 
a college football playoff team. I, I think they're going to win out. But I think Florida State will keep it close. Um, next game we have on the uh, list here is the South Carolina Gamecocks go to Georgia. I'm And Georgia's favored by 24 and a half. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think Georgia's the best team in the SEC. Oh. I think Jake Fromm is probably the smartest quarterback in the SEC. He really can manage a game. He really knows. He's really smart with the football. Rather, that might be a better way to put it. Um, And they are a strong team. I'm interested to see kind of what they do against some of the top-tier opponents. Um, South Carolina's doo-doo, huh? They're not so hot. Yeah, they're kind of struggling. They here. did beat Kentucky 24-7 last week after losing two in a row to Bama and Missouri. Um, they're three, two and three for the year. I, I, I think DeAndre Swift has a big game. He's at 460 yards for the year. Um, I, I think UVA, or uh, excuse me, I think Georgia covers the 24 and a half if you want to take South Carolina. I've been burnt by South Carolina too many times this year, so I'm going to stay away from those idiots down there in Columbia. Yeah, South Carolina has not done anything Once consistent. Once again, they've fallen so far over the past few years. I just don't know what's happened to these football programs. Well, that, it was kind of like a desperate hire there when they were looking. Well, Muschamp? Yeah, when they hired Muschamp, that was like a last resort. Remember, they were they that search went on for months, and I think they just – took what they could get at one point with Muschamp. And he has had zero success as a head coach in the SEC. And I think I'm calling it right now. He he may he'll, he'll get fired at the end of the year if they don't get bowl eligible. Um, moving on, Oklahoma. We're, we're, oh, we got a big one. Yeah, let's get through this one and then the Michigan one. So I'm a little excited. And then uh, we'll kind of take a break and then come back and finish them off. Oh, do you want to get through this one and then take a breather before your Wolverines? No, I want to get right into okay. it. Okay. All right. So let's head into these two big games. First, Oklahoma Sooners go to Texas. And uh, Texas is underdogs by 10 and a half. At first, I was like, that's a lot. And then I started looking at it a little harder. And I was like, well, it's about just right. It's kind of a tough line. Um, what are you thinking? I think you're right. I think it's a tough line. We kind of saw those backdoor covers with WVU last week um, against Texas. I can kind of see the same thing happening here. Maybe Oklahoma being up 17, even 14, and then having a late score uh, score against them. I kind of want to go with Oklahoma in this game. I'm not as a big believer in Texas as I am Oklahoma at this point. I think, uh, what's his name, Lincoln Riley? Is that the head coach? Of? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that dude's a flipping genius. Yep. I think NFL te- teams are going to be beating down his door here soon. Yep. Um, so I think I kind, I'm kind of uh, siding with Oklahoma and the 10.5 points on the road in the Red River shootout here. Pat happens to like Texas and the points. Uh, yeah, the Red River shootout. Uh, it's a it's a great historic game. I'm leaning with you, Phil. I I want some action on this game because it's you know. Uh, uh, Looks like you can get it either way you want. The eleventh ranked Longhorns against the six six ranked Sooners. Here's my issue with Texas: is they give up an extraordinary amount of points every week, I feel like. They gave up... Uh, Austin Kendall, I thought... I don't know what he did against him. Here, look, here's how many points they've given up t- 
the last few weeks and their opponents. They gave up 31 to West Virginia. They gave up 30 to Oklahoma State. They only gave up 13 to Rice, but that's Rice. Then they gave up 45 to LSU in that loss. And they even gave up 14 to Louisiana Tech. Um, you know, they're giving up 441 yards a game. I, and, and Oklahoma's going to drop 800 yards. That's what I'm thinking. They give up 440 yards a game, and Oklahoma gets 643 yards a game. Uh, so I think Oklahoma is just going to pour it on them. I do think Texas will get their fair share of action. They're probably get what's the over under in this? Game? I don't know. It's got to be like eighty. I think I have it right here. <laughs> Dude. So uh, I know I'm going to be taking. Um, I'm going to be giving Pat the ten and a half points in Texas. I'll be taking Oklahoma here. We're just trying to see, wait to see what Jamison gets in on. I will uh, drop in a little, drop in a little knowledge from Pat. I guess this game is played at the. Uh, is it like the Texas State Fair? Fair? Yes, yeah, every year. Every year, correct. Yep. So I respect that. Yeah. Um, I, the over under, by the way, is 75 and a half. <laughs> That's a lot of stinking points. <laughs> but I think it's going to happen. In fact, I'm going to. It sounds like it's going to be a fun game to watch. It's going to be a great game to watch. I, you know, Probably some piss poor tackling. Yeah. Some wild blown coverage. Yeah. I, I'm thinking a score of like 52 just, to like 35 Oklahoma. I, um. So if you're thinking that, you're thinking the cover. I, I think Oklahoma is gonna 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 cover. Give me the want? Sooners. Yeah, give me the Sooners. All right. Moving into our last game before the break. Um, Michigan at Illinois. Illinois is a 21 point dog. Michigan has made huge strides both on offense in the Rutgers game and on defense in the Iowa game since that. Debacle against Wisconsin. You have to be pleased as a Wolverine fan going into this game, Phil. Well, I was super excited about the uh, the defense last week. They really stood up and, and gave an A plus performance in my book. However, that offense is still leaving a lot to be desired right now. I don't have a lot of confidence in it. That seems like I don't even know if they'll score three touchdowns this week. <laughs> so they might not give up one, but it, I feel like that's a pretty decent line here. Um, I think I've lost all, every bet this year that I've put on Michigan. Now, <laughs> I've kind of done some just to be an asshole against Michigan. Those have panned out pretty well the past couple weeks. But I know one thing. Michigan better get their shit together. <laughs> um, because I know they do have a game not after – well, after this game with Illinois, they have Penn State at Penn State on the 19th. And then they're going to turn around and – play the Fighting Irish the following week. So, I mean, their schedule, not getting any easier. Um, so it should be interesting. I know the Illinois um, Fighting Illini kind of are having some problems. They have former quarterback, Michigan quarterback Brandon Peters there. I think a lot of people are starting to want him out. He's already questionable, but the, the, I think every, all the fans really want to start seeing Isaiah Williams. Um, but I know Lovey Smith, from what I know about him, he's not going to change. If Brandon Peters is healthy, ready to go. Um, and that can kind of be an X factor. I don't know a whole lot about this Isaiah Williams kid. I am going to stay away from this game just so I can watch this. No strings attached this weekend. I, I'm, I like Michigan. Give me, give, me, give me Michigan to cover the 21. Uh, you know what? I'm going to get on board with that too. <laughs> I couldn't help it off. I got myself all fired up talking I, about I it. I think it's... Uh, I think they're going to need to bounce back. They need to get that offense 
cranking before this this top two game stretch. So we'll see if that's done. They need to figure Josh Gaddis, Shea Patterson, Jim Harbaugh, figure the fuck. <laughs> God, figure the offense out. Here's the thing. Illinois has given up 40, 42, and 34 points the last three games. And that was against Minnesota, Nebraska, who's been really a pretender this year, and Eastern Michigan. Oh, and they gave up 23 against Connecticut. Like, this defense is not very good on Illinois, and on offense, they don't have a lot of weapons. I just think slowly Michigan's going to wear them down to a 24-27 point win. Um, so, yeah, big game for Michigan, though, to get ready for the gauntlet. Pat got doubled up there? He got doubled up. We're going to take a quick intermission here on Cover 3U, the college football degenerates, and we will return with some more football games. Okay, we're back here on Cover 3U, the college football degenerates. Alabama, who hasn't really slipped up or slowed down at any point this year, as always, um, goes to Texas A&M, who some have say have been kind of a little bit of underperforming. Uh, but, you know, they're losing to teams that are good. You know, their losses come to Clemson and Auburn, and they are a seven-point dog to Bama. Do you think Bama can cover the 17, Phil? You know, I'm skeptical about this. I think this is kind of – Texas A&M has a lot of tough games on their schedule, as we've, we've talked about before. I think this is kind of – we're going to see a really good effort from Texas A&M here. This is kind of – Really? They need to kind of put their foot in the ground and, and give their best effort here. I personally think they're going to cover coming off the bye week. They, and they got to do something here. I feel like they they got to make a – Got to make a stand. What came of that Alabama-Texas A&M game last year? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't. I don't either. Um, I don't know why I asked Pat, that. Pat would know this. It's <laughs> one of your mission, Pat. <laughs> I, I think uh, uh, the reason I ask is I, I kind of want to see how Jimbo has fared against Alabama since he's been the head coach there at Texas A&M. Um, I, I kind of like Alabama to cover. Uh, this is a SEC West Divisional game. I don't see any weaknesses in Alabama right now. I've seen a little bit in Texas A&M with their offensive production against heavy defensive schemes. I think they're going to have a hard time scoring in this game against Alabama. I mean, they had a hard time against Clemson. Uh, They only put up, I think, 17 against Clemson, and they scored a late touchdown. Scored 10. Yeah, they scored 10, and they scored a late touchdown. And they barely covered there. I, I think Alabama's going to come in and, and roll them. Alabama's only allowed 54 points for the whole year. Um, and Texas A&M just doesn't, you know, in, in the conference that is, um, I just don't think Texas A&M has the weapons to, to hang in there. So give me, give me Alabama. All right, I'll take Texas A&M with the little statement game, at least covering. Uh, can Michigan State take what we thought well, I still think is a really good defense. Can they take that defense and rebound against Wisconsin at Wisconsin when they're 10-point underdogs? Personally, I think they're going to cover here. I think they kind of got embarrassed last week on national television. Um, Wisconsin's not quite the same animal as Ohio State is, in my opinion. Uh and, I, you know, Northwestern gave them fits with their defense. I think I'm, we're going to see the same thing from Michigan State, even though this game is in Madison. 
Um, so I'm personally taking Michigan State to cover the 10 points here. Give me Wisconsin. I know Michigan State has probably one of the best defenses in the country, but I there's been too many times where that offense has just looked abysmal, particularly week one and against Tulsa. Um, they looked awful against Ohio State, even though it was against Ohio State. They only put up seven against Arizona State uh, in that week three loss, one of their two, three losses there. So while I think Michigan State, put it this way, Michigan State will do a pretty good job containing Jonathan Taylor for the most part, but they still lose by, you know, more than 10. So, so we, have, we have a bet there. I just want to point out, um, because I'd be remiss if I didn't with Pat not being here. Uh, Jameson did say obismal. I've never heard of that word before. I don't know what that means. <laughs> obismal. <laughs> so moving on. I know Pat will enjoy that. Boy, you get you get one word out of me that you guys don't uh, understand. Yeah, okay, okay. Two a week? Probably two or three. And I, I think it's kind of fun, personally. <laughs> Uh, moving on, Washington State at Arizona State. So, ups, I said it at the beginning of the podcast. I love Arizona State. They're favored um, by two and a half. Their defense out there. I think that's kind of the perfect spread. That's kind of exactly what I'm looking for, that two and a half point spread. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Washington State, they're actually in the search for a D coordinator right now. They might be D coordinator list, unless I'm just completely making that up. Um, I'm not looking at it right now. So I'm taking Arizona State and giving the two and a half points right here. Interesting. I, I'm kind of inclined to take Washington State. Um, but they looked really bad against Utah last week. They lost 38 to 13. They looked really bad in that. that I'm going to stay away from it. If, if they didn't give away that big lead they had against UCLA a few weeks ago where they lost 67 to 63 after having like a three possession lead, um, maybe I would take them, but that's that's just a big red flag. I'm going to stay away from Yeah, it. I personally think these are two teams kind of moving in the opposite directions right now. Arizona State's improving. Washington State doesn't know what the hell they're doing right now. So, <laughs> uh, Moving on to Penn State um, at Iowa. Iowa coming off that 10-3 to loss to Michigan. They need some offense here against the Penn State and Nittany Lions, who have looked really good. Um, they've covered just about every game except for that Pitt game. Uh, they're undefeated. Uh, and Penn State's favored by four and a half. Uh, do you have any initial thoughts on that game? Uh, you know, I like this line right here in Penn State, personally. Um, you know, I guess it goes back to people think, hey, Iowa didn't do a whole lot. They're going to kind of reconfigure their toolbox here and kind of get back after it with Nate Stanley and company. Penn State just hasn't given me a whole lot to be concerned about, minus that Penn State-Pittsburgh game, where, you know, that's kind of an in-state rivalry. Anything can happen. Um, so I like Penn State covering that. I'd say, you know, they're going to win by at least a touchdown, personally. Um, but, you know, Iowa can muck it up, and they do have a, a better team, better football team than they showed against Michigan last weekend. So, I can see it going other way, but personally, I prefer Penn State here. Penn State's been known to struggle against Iowa, and I'm going to take Iowa to keep it within a, a field goal. I'm not sure why. Uh, I think it's because, I mean, they've only allowed – they haven't allowed – they've only allowed 254 yards a game. And, and I saw Penn State's offense have a hard time staying consistent for four quarters. They went up against um, – who they played last week? Help me out here. 
Who's that, Penn State? Yeah, Purdue. They went up yeah. against Purdue um, pretty quickly by like three scores. Uh, and they, that's, a, that's a beaten up Purdue team, too. And and they just stopped. They stopped scoring until the very end. They, they looked really stagnant for about two quarters offensively. Um, I think Penn State's defense is what makes them so good. Both of these are really good defense defensive teams. I'm, I'm interested to see what the over and under is on that game. But give me Iowa. I think their defense is probably going to be the best defense that Penn State's seen this year so far. All right, another, um, another paper bet here. Yep. Moving on to Louisville at Wake. Wake just, you know, they're ranked now. They're like 19th in the country, undefeated. Um, Cade Carney at running back and Surratt at receiver. They got some weapons. Do you think they can cover six and a half against Louisville at home? You know, once again, I think this is kind of the perfect spread. I know sometimes Wake can play about anybody close, kind of like that Boston College game the other weekend. However, um, I'm taking Wake and giving the six and a half. I like how it's just under the touchdown, which kind of makes me a little bit more comfortable. I personally like Wake here. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in Louisville myself. I usually tend to, to kind of fade them. So let's see what goes there. That's why I took Boston College against Louisville last week. Yeah, I think Wake... Does Pat have any uh, say in this game? No. Nope. All right. So we're not going to have action. I really want to take Wake. Well, I I would take Wake if anybody wanted to go against me. You're right. I think Louisville had a little bit of false hope with that somewhat decent performance against Notre Dame in week one. And since then, they haven't really improved. Whereas, I t- I'll say this, until until somebody beats Wake or until they don't put up, you know, Four touchdowns, five touchdowns a game. I'm on the wake train as far as long as they're favored. I'm on it. So. All aboard. Uh, Florida at LSU. Can Florida uh, continue to make a statement against LSU? This is a big-time SEC matchup. This is a big game. Um, like I said, I think LSU is definitely tough. Down there in the trenches, they're, they're working hard. Uh, I just think LSU has so much the game being at LSU, um, and also kind of just having that marquee matchup um, all at the night game in the swamp, I'm taking LSU to cover. I think it's a pretty big spread, but once again, that 13 and a half is just teasing me enough it's, yeah. that it's just under that two touchdown difference. I'm taking <sighs> LSU here um, personally. Yeah, I. It's tough, but I'm doing it. I would do it. I don't know, man. I, just... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what to think here. I, I think LSU covers it, but Florida has proven me wrong on multiple occasions this year. Joe Burrow just has so much confidence at quarterback for LSU right now. He's at 22 total touchdowns for the year. I think that confidence kind of carries over into the swamp. I'm with you. I think I don't think Florida can keep that up for another big time game back to back. I think I think LSU covers. Who does Pat like? Anybody? He doesn't like anybody here. I, you know, I'd say also a Trask. Even though he's a two star quarterback, if he plays, yeah, he's hurt. I, I he's going to be a little wobbly. I don't know, man. It's uh, I got I got LSU covered. Yeah, man. Joe Burrows comes in with confidence in the swamp, takes care of business, and I just don't think Florida can keep up this pace right now. I I, I really don't. But hey, tell you what, Florida, if you win this one, I'll be off your ass for the rest of the year. Uh, Utah, who another team who I thought was a good Pac-12 team, 
Um, I guess they only have one loss, right? And they go to Oregon State. Who do you like here? Utah's favored by 13 and a half. We got that damn 13 and a half point spread again, which is <laughs> uh, it's always teasing me. I personally like Utah, even though they're at Oregon State. Um, I think they just have a, a better all-around football team. Kind of can, can play with a lot more consistency. Um, so that's where I'm at with that, really. There's no, and you know me, with out here in the Pac-12 again, I don't really enjoy betting on it, but... Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think Utah covers easily. I would have taken this spread if it was 17. I really? would. Yeah. I You know, Oregon State's given up. They gave up 52 to Oklahoma State. They gave up 48 to UCLA uh, last week, even though uh, – or excuse me, they gave up 31 points against UCLA, even though they won the game. Um, they they give up 440 a game. I This Utah defense is really good. Give me Utah to cover. Moving on. No action from us, though, huh? Nope. All right, Pat's game. The Irish uh, welcomes USC to town in South Bend, and they are favored by 11. Notre Dame, that is. Who do you like there, Phil? I personally like Notre Dame here. Pat did not pick this game. Um, this is usually one of my favorite games to watch. I don't know why. I guess I just grew, always grown up watching it, prime time, you know, national television, seeing a lot of big stars play in this game. I personally the like Bush Notre push, Dame. right? Yeah, yeah, the Bush push. The Bush push was a good game. Um, I personally like Notre Dame. Given the eleven points here, they're at home. USC traveled across the country, um, but you know, I, like I said, I I don't know a whole lot. I'll go with Notre Dame personally. Mind if you want to take any action there? I don't know. There's not a lot of Pac-12 games I'm going to touch anymore moving forward. It's just. <laughs> We're going to start just baiting the entire Pac-12 conference yeah, out. Just, we don't know. It's Unless like, Pat really well, wants to talk about a game. You know, some of us will stay up and watch these games because they are enjoyable. But at the, it's more so they're just beating up on each other and nobody's standing out other than maybe Oregon. But uh, I think Notre Dame, if I had to take a bet, I would take Notre Dame to cover. But I wouldn't feel confident about it. I'm going to stay away from it. Yeah, I mean, Washington just got done beating USC by two touchdowns, and I think Notre Dame is twice the team that Washington is right now. So take that what you will. I'd also go to Notre Dame if you're going to lay some money on it. Um, yeah, and then, you know, the next game for the Irish will be Michigan. So uh, bye week. Yep. We'll, we'll talk about it um, um, after that bye week, right? That's right. And then Notre Dame after Michigan welcomes Virginia Tech. No. Yes, that is true. Yep. So they're having a tough, tough schedule for Yeah, game Patrick, game. prepared for a two losses back to back. National championship <laughs> over after that. Uh, next game we'll talk about is Iowa State goes to West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia doing a lot better with that coaching change than we were anticipating. Uh, but they are 10-point underdogs to the Cyclones of Iowa State. Who do you like, Phil? I like Iowa State. They kind of came out and beat up on TCU the entire, entire time last week. That game was never even in question. Um, I think WVU kind of still working on that coaching transition. Um, I'll take Iowa State here. Even though it is 10, I'd feel much more comfortable at 9.5. I might tease it down a point here if I was betting. Um, but... You know, I, I would be comfortable still taking Iowa State here at WVU. Yeah, I really want. Points. I really wanted somebody. To, I like Pat Iowa State. Has WVU here? Oh, he's about to get doubled Double up. up. <laughs> doubled up. Hey, here's a quarterback name. I know you like quarterback names, Phil. Iowa State's quarterback, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. 
I feel like there's been a, a Purdy quarterback, haven't there? I I don't know, but he's a Purdy player. Purdy good. Look. <laughs> so, Brock Purdy, I actually picked him up in my fantasy college team. I have uh, I have Martinez from Nebraska, and he's just been underperforming. He has not been that dual-threat quarterback that Frost has wanted at Nebraska. So I actually picked up Brock Purdy. He has almost right under 1,600 yards passing already, 10 touchdowns, and only two picks. His QBR rating is like 72.1. And I think the reason he's so good is he has a lot of weapons at wideout. And a strong quarterback name, which never hurts, unlike Skyler from Kansas State. <laughs> Suck it, Skyler. <laughs> so Pat gets doubled up for double paper. We both like Iowa State to cover 10 against West Virginia. Um, next game, Washington. Oh, my boy Eason. Um, I was hyping him up. I swear, I am like jinx king over here. As soon as I start hyping you up or hyping a team up, they kind of take a step backwards. Washington does lose last week. Now they go to Arizona, uh, but they're still favored by seven. I still like Eason. I still like Washington. I think they cover the seven here. Um, I know they struggled last week, and Eason's kind of taken a step back. They lost to Stanford 23-13 to last week. Um, Eason didn't have a terrific game that game. He hasn't had a great game for the last couple of games. He only went 16-36, to 206, and one touchdown and one pick. I think this is the game where he really turns it around. They cover the touchdown easily. So I do see here that Pat um, likes Washington in this game, given the seven points. Um, myself, I personally like Arizona. Khalil Tate was 23 of 27 there in the second half last week against Colorado. Um, I think he's going to be a little healthier this week. I think they didn't play their running back, J.J. Taylor, last week, which I'm hoping he's going to kind of come back um, maybe a little healthier and be able to make an impact. He really wanted to go last week. I think he got one run in, and they kind of said, hey, 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 let's hold the horses, pump the brakes on this. So personally, I'm going to take Arizona and the seven points at home to cover. And I know Pat looks like he's going to go against me with Washington. So we got double paper. Double paper then. Nice. I like Washington. All right, here's a few quick ones. Uh, Toledo at Bowling Green. Pat did make a note. Van Gordon blows. Is it Van Gordon, right? Yeah, that's the one game note or show note he left us with. The defensive coordinator who came from Notre Dame. Scott Leffler blows for Bowling Green. They've been struggling all year. I don't have any preference on this game. I know Pat wanted to go against Bowling Green like he does every week. They are 26-point dogs. Do you have any bets on that? I make it a habit not to go for Bowling Green anymore unless it's a 50-point spread. (laughs) Yeah, they are awful. (laughs) Uh, And then Georgia Tech at Duke. Georgia Tech trying to recover from that Citadel loss earlier in the year. They're transitioning out of the triple option. Duke, after beating my Hokies big time, loses in a great game against Pitt. Did you watch that game? I did, and I saw they were down early. I kind of got I – was, I was in on that game as far as betting. Um, I, and I kind of saw they made a run at it. I didn't actually get to see it. Yeah, Pitt scored at the very end to, to win the game. Great football game in the ACC last week. Duke is favored by 17 and a half against Georgia Tech. I think Duke covers and rebounds nicely, and I think they show that they're just the better coach team currently um, in Durham. That game's at Duke. Do you have any takes on that? I'm going to stay away from that. All right. No, Pat doesn't have anything. I do think Duke recovers. Rhode Island, kind of a scrub team, comes to Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. I'll be there. I don't. There's no line out there. This is how bad of a matchup it is. But I like the Hokies – Improving defense. They look dominant. Shamari Connor, their defensive line is dominating right now. 
they are actually re- improving. If the offense can continue to improve with Hooker, my Hokies can actually save this season. Um, and Especially then that shit ACC Coastal. Yeah, I mean that that that's up for grab at the so Hokies. So saving grace at this point? Yeah, I mean they have. Look, it's not fixed in Blacksburg, but they took a big step in the right direction, and I'm a much happier man right now. Uh, I'll be on the game. The Hokies need to win that game by 30 or 40, though, for me to continue having hope on having a decent season this year. Um, uh, Last game we'll talk about, Nebraska at Minnesota. Minnesota is seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Nebraska has struggled all year after being – Somewhat of a dark horse favorite in college football this year. Martinez not becoming the quarterback Frost wanted, as I mentioned earlier. Who do you like here? Um, I'm going to side with Pat here. Pat likes this game as well. I like Nebraska covering here. Minnesota, I know they've, they've won a lot of games so far this year. Nothing too impressive. A couple games by a couple of field goals, by a touchdown. A lot of games against decent teams have been close. Um, I think Scott Frost gets his guys motivated. Kind of, I, I actually think they go on the road here and pick up a W, personally. Um, so, I mean, this is my upset special of the week. Go money line. See, I have, no, I have a note here saying that Nebraska will recover, too. I have the same thought process as you two. But if you both took, I'm not going to take it. All right. If it was one of you. We'll try to get one more game, though. Do you, um, Ole Miss, Missouri. Missouri's favored by 12. I'll take Missouri. Give me Ole Miss. All right, I like it. All right, we got a little extra. Bonus ball. All right, so that should do it for our games this week in week seven. Uh, Cover three, you would take a quick intermission, and then I'm your man with the two-minute drill for being your winner last week here on the podcast. So we uh, will return with that, and we'll close out the podcast this week. Okay, welcome back to Cover 3U, the college football degenerates. We're Jameson here, the Hokie fan. We'll give you my uh, two – Minute drill for being your winner in wagers last week. I'm going to use my two-minute drill to talk about something I've mentioned before, and that is players being uh, willing to stick around in a program and to wait for their opportunity. Uh, Don't be so quick to transfer to another school just because you can now, right? Uh, Give yourself an opportunity to play uh, once that time arises. I mean, look at Kyle Trask. Never started a game in his life. Now he's beaten Auburn, a top-10 matchup. Hendon Hooker. Thought about transferring at one point at Virginia Tech. Stuck around, got his chance in Miami, and he can't, comes away with a big win. He was one of the ACC players of the week. So these young players, don't be so quick to jump the gun and stick around and wait for your opportunity. The program needs to develop you to help you become the player and the man that you uh, have the potential to be. So with that being said, uh, go Hokies. Big turnaround win. I'm excited. I got new life. Uh, heads uh Uh, I give a thumbs up to Coach Frente for turning that uh, morale around, and hopefully we continue on having a good season. Uh, And here's to college football. Uh, We love watching you each and every week.